good to see everyone today. As you can see, I'm taking a little bit more of a relaxed position. I'm not wearing my suit and tie, but I am dressed up to the, uh, in some cases, probably better than some. We'll leave it at that. Uh, good to see each and every one of you here today. And uh, Sister Jamie's good to have her with us as well. She's, uh, I've been kidding everybody about how much did you kick him down the stairs and this and the other. I'm glad that uh, that's not the case with Jamie. And uh, I just want to share something with you. I just received an email uh, from a Ann Jewel. And they said, congratulations on being one of the top ten podcasts uh, in eschatology. So <laughs> I'm hoping it's legit. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more, but I just thought that you might like to hear that news as well. Um, eschatology is one of those areas that we need to always be studying and always to be prepared for. But it's, uh, it can be very difficult to try to get it right. Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Now there is a reason why I'm not wearing a suit today. Uh, some of you all have already made a comment that my jaw looks swollen. Greg actually let it be known as well. And uh, I have uh, an infection in one of my teeth. And, and uh, so it was enough that I was thinking I could get over it. And I finally went to the VA last night and I said, get me out of pain now. And they gave me a little tablet and if I go off on the la-la land, you know exactly where I've been, you know. So I'm still under the influence of drugs. Anyway, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 24, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 8, or Revelation uh, chapter 8. But in Matthew chapter 24, we find the possibilities with God. And that's, in fact, what we're studying today. What is possible with God? Now, I do have more notes in the back. I hope that these will be a help to you as well. But uh, again, let's go down to verse 22, and we're going to read down to verse 29. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall rise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth, behold, he is in the secret chamber, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give the light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Let's take our Bibles now. Let's go to the book of Revelation, and we're going to go to chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. And we're going to go down to verse 12 as we begin our uh, finish up our uh, verses for today. Of course, there's a lot more that we're going to be looking at. And verse 12 says, And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the light likewise. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Father, we want to thank you for the blessings that you have shown us, and we pray that you will guide us 
in our study today. We thank you again, Lord, for the email. I pray, Father, that it will benefit others that want to know more about the uh, things of God when it comes to the Scripture. But above all, Lord, let us remember that any wisdom that comes from you will have its place. Let us not be wise in our own conceits, but let us be wise only in the wisdom that you provide. So guide us, I pray thee then today, Father, help us to be faithful unto you in all things, and we shall rejoice in thy name, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Now what's interesting is there are many prospects, and matter of fact, we're going to be looking at this, uh, the fourth trumpet, as it is sounded, and as you can see, it speaks of the fourth angel as it blows its trumpet, and again, one-third of the sun was struck, one-third of the moon, one-third of the stars, one-third of their light might be dark, and one-third of the day that it may, may be kept from shining, likewise one-third of the night. Now, one, one of the things that people misunderstand is how is it that this applies to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Let's go back over there for a moment, if you will. Hold your place in uh, Revelation, chapter 8. And I want you to understand one thing that we see here in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. And I want to direct your attention all the way back to verse 3. Notice again. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? This is not a chronological statement that the Lord has given. If you take Matthew chapter 24 and you try to make it into a chronological order, it isn't going to match everything that you study. On the other hand, that which we see in other books is chronological. So the Lord is answering their questions. I'll give you another example of that. Let's go to Acts chapter two, or chapter 1. And I want you to see another question that was posed by the apostles. And again, I want you to see verse 6 of Acts chapter 1. And when, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? A specific question, a specific question that was asked of the Lord by the apostles, and he gave them direction. Notice he said, and he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now the reality is, is that there are things that we still don't know. Uh, I've had a lot of people that they look at me and they say, well, you know, because Jesus is God, he knows everything. I, I don't have a doubt of that. But we've got to understand one thing. That is that the Lord has a subject to his experiences. The Holy Spirit has his experiences. God the Father has his experiences. One more time, let me show you what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 24. And notice... In verse 35, we have this distinctive character, and I want everybody to see that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That's a promise. The word of God is always going to continue. But look what it says in verse 36. But that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. I remember many years ago that I was in a Bible conference, and, you know, when you're a young preacher and you go to Bible conferences, uh, you've got a lot of people that they have their own ideas that they're going to present as well. And I remember asking this question. 
is it possible at this particular point that uh, only the Father knows? And man, you must have thought that I was a heretic. There were so many of the older gentlemen that were there that said, you know, he is God. And therefore, you know, because he is God. And I said, now wait a minute. I said, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I said, how do you explain verse 36? They can't answer that. Because I said, in truth, it says only the Father knows. This goes back, as I stated once before, to the likeness of the Jewish wedding. When the sudden announcement and the sudden, sudden trumpets are going to occur, when the Jewish wedding is going to be announced, when it comes forward. Let me show you one other passage. And it, it, there is just so many examples. But if you'll turn over to John chapter 14... We see one other example where he sits down and he discusses not only eschatology, but he also discusses with the, the relationship that the apostles should have with the Father and with himself. Look at verse 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Now that's a very good question. Notice again how the Lord answers that in verse 6, and we're going to get into this in the second sermon today. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. A little bit later, we see the same thing in verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus answered him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou knowest me not, Philip? So once again, the reality is, is that I have given you all the examples of the Father. I have been with you. I am God. And there are certain things that you still need to understand. So when we get back over here to Matthew chapter 24, I want us to understand that there are certain things that we don't quite grasp as quickly as we should. I want to show you what I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 22, notice that the Lord said, and except those days should be shortened. Now that bothered me. What did the Lord mean when he said, except those days should be shortened? There shall, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now, is that a shortened period of time? We don't, you know, how is it that we're supposed to see that? Well, the only answer that I can find on this is in the Old Testament. So tell, take with me, if you will, and let's go to the book of Isaiah. Now, I realize that we're going all over the place with our Bibles. But that's a good thing. So we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 24. And I want us to see what Isaiah chapter 24 has to say on this subject. Let's go down to verse 18. And it says, And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundation of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is drawn, is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it. And it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut in the prison after many days, and they shall be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded, and the sun ashamed, 
and the Lord of hosts shall reign in Zion and in Jerusalem before the ancient before the ancients gloriously. One other passage. Let's go to the book of Amos. In the book of Amos, I'm going to get over there, chapter 8. That's after the book of Joel. Uh, Amos chapter 8. I'm going to go down to verse 8. Look what else it says here. 8.8. Eight. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. And he said, Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not again pass by them any more. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall lay laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then uh, Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. I'm sorry, I'm, I said chapter 8, I was in chapter 7. I'm wondering why all the confusion. Let's go to chapter 8, verse 8. Shall not the land tremble for this, and every one that mourneth that dwelleth therein? And it shall rise up uh, holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out. And, uh, and drowned as the flood of Egypt. And it shall be, and it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feasts in the morning, and all your songs into lamentations, and I will bring up sackcloth upon the loins, and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as morning of, the, uh, uh, of an only sun, and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not in the famine of bread, nor in the thirst of water, but in the hearing of the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro, and seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Now, these are just a little bit of the examples that I want you to see in regards to what the Old Testament has to say. Remember this. Everything the Lord taught is based in the Old Testament. And so for us to really grasp the Old Testament, we have to go back to the Old Testament constantly to understand it. And the idea that the Old Testament is fulfilled is ludicrous to me. The reason I say that it's ludicrous is because so many people don't understand that the promises that are written in the Old Testament concerning the Gentile people is a promise that we have to this day. But not only that, it shows us the power of God and that everything is uniformed. Do you realize that which God had created in Genesis 1 is going to come back together by the end of Revelation? Everything that the Lord God had determined to be right has to come into place, every, every part of it. Now, if I really believe that, then I understand that everything that the Lord quotes has a plan and a purpose. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Let's turn to the book of Acts. This time we go to chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this is the message that, that Peter is going to be preaching to these new saints, or these people that are about to become saints. And so if you go down to verse 15, for these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Was this completely, was this the completion of what Joel said? Not at all. 
But it is a part of what Joel said. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, uh, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. When is that going to happen? Do you see why I want you to understand this? The sun has never been darkened yet. It's not, it hasn't happened. And for people to say, well, it's already occurred, I just want a time and date. All right? And notice, in the moon into blood, therefore the great and, uh, and, no, and notable day of the Lord come. And it, shall be, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I want us to turn back to the book of Joel. And this time we're going to go to chapter 4, I think it is. No, chapter 2, I'm sorry. Joel, and this time chapter 2. If you want to know where Joel is, it's after Daniel. And it's sandwiched between, it's sandwiched between Hosea and Amos. I know, don't you just love the minor prophets? They're minor prophets only in title only. So let's go back to Joel chapter 2, and we're going to go to verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon the flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall, be, shall see visions. That is a direct statement that was quoted by Peter in Acts chapter 2. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, and in those days I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness. Now here's the thing that's interesting. This is where I want us to focus on today, not only in the book of Revelation chapter 8, but what the Lord had to say in Matthew chapter 24. It said, And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. Therefore the great and terrible the Lord, the day of the Lord, come. Now, we can finish this off, but I want you to look at this now. So here we have this slide, and, I, and again, I, I found this slide, and I thought it was pretty interesting. But notice it says that in Revelation chapter 8, verse 12, all of these things are going to have to happen. Now, this is... Uh, something that we need to note. We're not going to be here. Please understand that. I really believe with all my heart, with all my soul, with everything that's in me, that I am not going to be here. That doesn't follow the plan of Scripture. Now, a lot of people might turn around and say, well, why aren't you going to be here? Because of the fact that when you go in and you study the two examples that were said in Matthew chapter 24 and in Luke, I think it's chapter 17, it might be 21, but anyway, you have Noah and you have Lot. What was the statement that was made to Noah? Come into the ark and the door was closed and seven days later there became that great deluge that fell upon the earth and the ark was lifted up off the earth. They did not enter into the ark midway through. They did not enter the ark after the flood. The example that was given, Noah entered into the ark seven days. Now, I believe that there is something important for us to understand about that seven, and we're going to get into that sometime later. With Lot, the 
made by the angels. You have to get out of here or we cannot bring judgment. So why would God want me to go through tribulation? It's not intended for me to go through tribulation. We are going to find persecution. We're already starting to see persecution. In fact, what's interesting is uh, Jeremy uh, told me this the other day. He said, already there is a push to get everybody to come back in to indoors and to prevent churches from assembling together. And everybody's got to go back under the mask and this and the other. And the only reason that they're doing it is they're saying there's a new COVID variant. Well, what is that new COVID variant? That new variant is to basically make it so that people have to mail in their ballots and make it, once again, a very difficult time. One of the things I want us to note is that these are all but nothing is going to be in judgment like this is going to be in judgment. Let's see if that's not true. So what is possible? I want us to turn and I want us to consider Matthew chapter 19. And I want you to really understand this verse. Matthew chapter 19, and this is also going to be a catalyst for what we're going to study a little bit later. Let's go down to verse 26. And Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, I want you to get this. Let's go ahead and let's now consider Revelation chapter 8. And let's go to verse 4. Or, excuse me, Revelation chapter 8, verse 12. Excuse me. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. Now, notice again that when the word says smitten, it means that it was done away with. That whenever you see the word smitten, it means done away with. Does that mean that it's lost some of its flame? I don't know. Does that mean it's reduced in power? I don't know. Does that mean that a third of it was taken away? Well, according to the scripture, it was one-third smitten. And the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, which means that it's not going to give off its light like you used to. How many of you all saw the last couple of nights the bright moonlight that would come through your window. Can you imagine that being dimmed down to almost nothing? One third of the power of the light that would be shown from the sun against the moon is now taken away. And a third part of the stars, so a third part of them was darkened. Now that is supernatural in itself. Because not only are the stars now being darkened, I mean, you would think that without the sun being so dark and the moon not being so bright, we could see much more of the stars. But can you imagine what it would be like with all the stars and how that would be taken away? The one thing that bothered me, and I thought about this over and again, was what the Lord had to say in Matthew 24 when he said, unless the days be shortened. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Let's make sure that I'm, I'm quoting it right. In Matthew chapter 24, it helps if I go to the right chapter or right book even. All right, chapter 24, and let's go down to verse 22. And notice again what it has to say for us to learn. And except those days should be shortened. Now what does it mean by the days to be shortened? There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Let's go down to verse 29. 
immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall down from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken are those two connected together I believe they are for this reason there are a lot of people that they believe that the earth exists because of the sun and everything else that is there. The earth exists because God created this earth. If you will notice, the, the, the sun and the moon and everything else did not come into place until the fourth day of creation. Now I said this to a person one time and they did not like it. I said the center of all creation, the center of our universe is not that sun that's out there. It's, this, it's the earth which we live on. And you would have thought that I had declared some sort of an emergency. I said, no, you, you misunderstand. Before the sun ever existed, God had already created the earth. And I said, I want you to think about that for a moment. So he had already created the separation of waters. He had already brought light upon the subject. And he had also brought in all the vegetation so that there would be an oxygenation. And on the fourth day, he gave it to where there would be a universal plan of light and darkness, light and darkness. All of this came into place. But now watch this. And I had someone point this out. Well, the earth is, is perfectly rotated on an axis. And it has, because of that axis, it pulls around the sun very perfectly and it comes around. When he finished his explanation, I asked him this question. What keeps the earth in its place? Now think about that for a moment. I don't mean to scare you. But what keeps the earth from flying off into distant space? If I was to take a string, and I almost did this today, I was afraid it would snap and somebody else would get slammed upside the head. And I would take a ball and a string and I'd whip it around until I was able to finally keep it spinning. But I was holding on to it. What is to keep the ball from flying off into space? Well, we would say the string. But the centrifugal force that we are submitting on this is keeping it out there at the, at the greatest distance. If I was to break that string or cut that string immediately, where would that ball go? Wherever it wanted to go. It would fly away from the center. Now think about this for a moment. Why aren't we drawn into the sun? We know that it's, it's heavier in gravitational pull. Why aren't we pulled into the sun? Why aren't we cast off into the distance? Because after all, we're whipping around. Not only is this, is this ball spinning around for a 24-hour day, but it's also being whipped away. What keeps us in this perfect place? There's only one thing. God keeps us in this perfect place. Do you know that one of the last things that Einstein tried to figure out was gravity? He could not understand gravity. He had figured out E equals MC squared. But do you realize that there's no proven formula for gravity? How is it that gravity is in existence by the sun, by the moon, by every little place that we have? There is a gravitational pull. But what keeps us there? It has to be the hand of God. Now watch this. If God destroys the sun by one-third, then the day is going to get shorter. And people might say, well, how is the day going to get shorter? Because I believe the sun is going to pull the earth in closer. Now, can I prove it? Can't. I've been there yet. 
But there is a reason for us to understand this. Why are we pulled in closer to the sun? And why don't we burn up? Because God has already predetermined that these things are going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. We just know it's going to happen. And when we are pulled in, it says, in line with what we just read in verse 22, and except those days be shortened. Now, how is it that a day can be shortened? It's still 24 hours, right? As we know a day. But if the day is shortened, it's because that has occurred. Now, this is just my perspective on it. And, and again, this is open for debate, and it's open for criticism as well. But the reality is, is it's not, it is not the earth or the planet or anything else that keeps us in place, but God that's going to keep us in place. Now, think about this for a moment. The ludicrousy of man is that we are in control of our own destiny. That's ludicrous. We have more of an opportunity to understand Superman than our own destiny. And you say, what do you mean? Well, he was on the planet Krypton, and his mom and dad uh, had prepared a space sauce or you know, some sort of satellite that would launch it to Earth so that he would go away. But, to, but think about this for a moment. There is more logic in that than when a lot of people think that I can control this earth. Now think about this for a moment. The one thing that people don't want is the greenhouse effect. And as we get closer and closer with the greenhouse effect, and as the population grows, it has to occur. I'm going to show this to you. We are 75 to 80% water. How many of you agree with that? Well, where's that water come from? Our Ohio River still remains full. Our lakes remain full. Where's all that water coming from? Well, the glaciers are melting away. <laughs> and how is it that those glaciers are melting away slowly but surely? They're melting away because we need more water, and God is seeing to it that everything remains the same. I, I don't understand it. It's his plan. But the reality is, it's all God's control to keep everything as we shall know it. Why don't we slam into the sun? Because God is in control. And why is the days going to be shortened? Because God is in control. So think about this. One third of the night is going to go away. One third of the day is going to go away. If we have a shorter time, that means we also have a shorter year. Do I understand it? Not in the least. I have not seen any, anything else that has given me uh, something to study about, but something to consider. Finally, the one thing I want us to do today, and I realize that this is a little bit shorter today, and I beg your pardon for that. If we have the shortened year, then everything will go into perfect explanation. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 8. I want you to think about this for a moment. And I had to think about this for, well... I've had this confronted to me many times. How many of you all have ever heard that the seasons will be confused? That we don't know when summer's going to be, we don't know when fall's going to be, we don't know any of that. Okay. If you've heard it or not, I want you to think about what it says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. 
Now, is that not what the scripture says? So, and I have searched it. If you all have another verse, I, I'd love to be able to see it because I haven't been able to find it. But if there's another verse that says that the season shall be confused, then we're not going to have the winter, we're not going to have the summer, we're not going to have all these things. I'd like to know it because I can't find it. But, and I'm willing to be, be taught as well. <laughs> all right? I want us to consider that as well. Because God has a plan, and it's not till the book of Revelation that it all falls apart. All right, I realize we're, we're going to cut out a little bit early, but let's go ahead and be dismissed in a final prayer. Lord, again, I want to thank you for your blessings. Help us now, dear Father, to take these things that you give us, and guide and bless now. In Christ we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.